0: Some of the free shows this season include Is Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to LevittDenver.org. That's LevittDenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. All year, the city of Denver has been working to get more guns off the streets. Most recently, they banned concealed carry in all public buildings and parks, which prompted what I thought were pretty reasonable fears of racial profiling.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the Second Amendment for a reason, right? The Second Amendment doesn't guarantee your safety. It guarantees you have the ability to defend yourself if you're being attacked.
0: After I spoke with NRA licensed gun instructor Anubis Harrow a few weeks ago, we got a bunch of angry emails and tweets from gun safety advocates. And then the next day, an 18-year-old armed with an assault rifle walked into an elementary school in Texas. I still think Anubis' point of view on this issue is totally valid. But it's obvious there's more to the issue of guns in our communities. And I still have a lot more to learn.
1: I had no aspirations to become politically involved. I mean, I worked with my union, I had contributed money, I had, you know, made sure we voted and and all of that kind of stuff. But when Alex was murdered, um things, you know, changed.
0: Tom Sullivan's son Alex was killed in the Aurora Theater shooting 10 years ago, and he channeled his grief and anger into a political campaign. Sullivan became a leader on the issue of gun violence at the Capitol, and he's running for state Senate this year. So I invited him on the show to help me understand this issue better. Today is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Representative Tom Sullivan, welcome to CityCast
1: Denver. Thank you for having me.
0: Representative Sullivan, you've been a leader on this question of guns for the last decade since you entered politics. And I just wonder if your perspective on gun violence has changed at all over that time.
1: I don't think so. I I, I think some of the things that I see and, um, you know, I'm concerned about, um, I'm concerned on a daily basis. I don't get alarmed by the bright, shiny things that happen every once in a while, like a mass shooting at a elementary school or in a supermarket or something like that. I know from the amount of time for the, you know, nine, ten plus years that I've been in this that those instances account for less than two percent of the gun violence um deaths that happen in the United States of America. What I am concerned about what are we doing about the other ninety eight percent um that happen the whole business about assault weapons, and you know should we or shouldn't we again um, less than five percent of the firearms, the over 400 million firearms that are in circulation in the United States of America, less than 5% of them are assault style weapons. So everybody wants to have conversations about that, but what are we going to do about the other 95% of firearms that are out there?
0: That's so interesting. I didn't know that percentage because that is the thing I hear the most. We need to ban assault weapons.
1: Well, that's because you hear it following a mass shooting. And there's, you know, 24-7 coverage. They're standing out in front of 12 or 14 or 17 or 22 crosses that um, teddy bears and balloons and big cards are being put in front of. We don't do that on a daily basis for the shooting that happened down an alley or in someone's front yard or in in somebody's garage or, you know, in a car. Mm. That's not what, what you're seeing. But those... People are impacted at the same rate with the same amount of grief and trauma that the people who are involved in a mass-style shooting.
0: So as a legislator, what's your approach to that problem then? Because when we see it and talk about it as a culture, it's generally focused on those big those instances of many deaths at once. But what you're saying is that's not the everyday reality of gun violence. So what, how do you approach that as a legislator?
1: Uh, to remind them how I am impacted every single day. Um, this doesn't go away. There's there's, you know, the normal. Hey, how, uh, you know, how are you doing today? And my response more times than not is how do you think, you know, a parent of a murdered child is doing today? I woke up thinking about, you know, the death of my son. I go to bed thinking about the death of my son. And I spend the time in between trying to do something so that that doesn't happen, you know, to others. You know, that is, is the part. It's it's my, my presence and my... Having the ability to stand in front of them and remind them of it on a daily basis because what they have seen in the past is just the big story that comes up, or the big piece of legislation, or you know, the panel discussion that uh, appears in front of them. And when that, you know, 12 or 15 minute period is over and those people have left, they can turn the page and get to something else um with me being there every day i'm a stark reminder to them as to what gun violence looks and sounds like
0: well i want to say that i know it doesn't change her every day but i'm still sorry about alex
1: yeah and i'm i you know i i do i do appreciate that and i know That's one of the things I I talk about. I mean, I just was out canvassing and knocking on doors and um, I'm in a different area um, because of redistricting. And there are people in that district who then recognize me. And this is the first time that they've had in 10 years to say, you know, I am so sorry for the loss of of your son. Um, And they've, they've waited 10 years to say that.
0: There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Well, Tom, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because a few weeks ago, Denver passed this ban on the carrying of concealed weapons in government buildings and parks. And as part of the conversation around that legislation, I talked to a gun safety expert who spoke against the ban. And I would love to know what you think as a legislator, how something like a concealed carry ban works or is effective at a city
1: level. Well, I I mean, yeah, I I mean, I don't understand it. I mean, we there's law enforcement in in and around, you know, public buildings. There are, you know, in in the state capitol, there are people in any of the, you know, city and county buildings. There are, you know, law enforcement in there. But, you know, the average citizen who, you know, who wants to, you know, portray themselves as the good guy in case something should happen. Well, I I think they should check their firearm at the door and let them know, hey, we've got this. That's we've got professionals in here who will take care of this should anything happen. We appreciate, you know, you, but, you know, check it here at the door. I mean, otherwise, you know, they have different training or if they have any training at all, then law enforcement does. So if a situation were to happen, now we have conflicting people, you know, handling a, a situation differently. And they tell us that's bad. You know, they end up shooting the wrong people.
0: So, so sort of speaking of that, like professional detail, somebody who might be trained in that way, my past guest Anubis Heru, um, that opposed the concealed carry ban is one of those trained professionals. And he feels actually that police don't protect his community in particular. He's a black man, and he doesn't feel like that's who the police, you know, the police aren't necessarily there to protect him. So I guess I I would wonder what you would say to someone like Anubis, who's concerned with racial profiling in this context of, of gun ownership.
1: Well yeah I yeah I mean I I I mean I didn't hear the conversation. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah, the uh, you know our our black and brown um community have not been you know protected and you know they they know that you know certainly and can speak to it better than I can. Um but I mean the the I mean the approach I have always gone by is if I didn't think that the people who were in charge were doing what they were supposed to be doing And I thought I could do it better than I would run for the position to take it over because standing on the outside and complaining about it, you know, doesn't make things better. I mean, that's not discounting, you know, how he's been impacted, you know, as a black or brown man and minorities have been impacted. No, I'm not. And that's a whole different thing. And I'm sure you guys, you know, spoke at that. And I am very interested um, in in making sure that he has the same right. I, I know that, you know. He doesn't have the same rights that I do as a, you know, as a white male. I I, I know that. And I am constantly working to make sure um, that he does um, get get those same rights. But the whole part about saying, well, you know, they're not doing their job. Okay, well, then replace them, Mm -hmm. you know, then replace them.
0: Speaking of more on the legislative side or these these things that we are trying to do to make an impact on Guns in our community. Is there's gun buyback programs. There's been a ban of ghost guns in Denver and Boulder. How do you think those things work in this bigger conversation about stopping gun violence?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I think the uh, the municipalities, the 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 cities, you know, that's where it starts, and it it works its way, you know, up. So, you know, good on them.
0: I hear that, but at the same time, you know, like. We're looking at more horrific mass shootings like it's it's not working its way up the way we need it to. So I'm just wondering what your plan is if you're elected to state Senate like what are you going to do to keep chipping away at this problem.
1: Well, we've got to get it to, to be a part of the regular discussion down at the state capitol. Uh, that doesn't happen. Um, you know, since, since Columbine, Colorado has been a crisis legislator. Mm. In between, there is no conversation. We spend every year down there talking about education. We talk about taxes. We talk about Tabor. We talk about infrastructure. We talk about transportation, oil and gas. We we, we talk about civil rights. We talk about that stuff every single year. But... Over 40,000 Americans die by gun violence. Another 200,000 are injured by gun violence every single year. And we can't have a conversation on a regular basis pertaining to what we can do about the problem. And last year, I tried to bring up, you know, raising the minimum age on the purchase of assault rifles from 18 to 21. Their heads blew off with them thinking that we were going to have to take a vote on something like that. When we tried to talk to the governor's office about it, we were told that should it come to his desk, he would veto wow. that bill. So it didn't get brought forward. And what happened as soon as session was over? An 18 year old just went out and bought himself, you know, an assault rifle, went into a uh, minority um Supermarket in Buffalo and murdered 10 people. And then in Texas, an 18 year old went out on his birthday, bought two assault rifles, went into a a school and murdered 19 children and Mm -hmm. two educators.
0: So you're saying that between time, between these awful, you know, mass shootings, we should be able to talk about what we can do in the everyday right now to stop these things. and it sounds like legislators don't necessarily want to even have a conversation. Well,
1: exactly. I mean, and, and that's it. I mean, OK, if, if it doesn't pass, but at least that gives the community who has been out there and has been impacted by it, the opportunity to to come down and have their voices be, be heard, have their stories be told. I mean, after the shootings in the parking lot of Hinkley High School, not a peep was said. After the kids were shot outside of Aurora Central High School uh, while they were on their lunch break, not a peep was said. When the 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 tattoo community was shattered by some, you know, you know nut who was out to get them and it went across three municipalities, not a peep was said on the house floor about it.
0: Why do you think that is? Why do you think your colleagues in, in legislature don't want to talk about
1: it? It's a difficult conversation. I mean, certainly on the Democratic side, it is not a number one make or break position for a Democratic voter. Democratic voters care about civil rights and climate change and, you know, the economy and they care about workers' rights and all of that. Those are one all of those great things. But given their druthers, if you have somebody and he or she is four out of five of those issues you're okay with that individual, and you will vote for that individual. Whereas there is a percentage on the Republican side that says, if you think that there is a a pathway to banning uh, um, um, high-capacity magazines or making people lock their their guns up when they've got a three-year-old in the house and stuff, and you vote that way, they will come after you, with finances and another candidate who is to the right of you. And they will will work to get you out of office, whereas we don't do that on the Democratic side.
0: Well, Tom, I know you're running for office here, and I'm thinking about someone maybe who is hearing about you for the first time. What would you like voters to know?
1: Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, I'm going to stand up to this. I'm going to be a reminder. That's what they need. You know, regular people. And that's why I started running for office. And that's what I'm going to do.
0: Representative Tom Sullivan, thank you so much for joining me. Sure, you bet. After my conversations with Anubis Harrow and Tom Sullivan, I honestly still don't know how to feel about this issue or what to do. Except I want to take the representative's words to heart and I want to keep talking about this. So if you have something you think I should know about gun violence or gun policy in Denver, or if gun violence has affected your life here, please call in and leave us a voicemail. Or you can text us at 720-500-5418. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Weed. We're talking about weed. But seriously, cannabis workers for Green Dragon Dispensary's Grow House have successfully voted to unionize. Denverite reports that employees experienced health issues related to conditions inside the grow, related to mold and poor ventilation. Inadequate pay and a lack of respect for management are also issues the union hopes to bring to the bargaining table. And in more weed news, local dispensary chain Buddy Boy Brands is closing its doors on all seven locations, citing declining cannabis sales. Owner John Fritzell told Westward that his chain's closure is just the tip of the iceberg as the industry grapples with an oversaturated market and competition from legalization in neighboring states. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter where today I wrote a story update on fascination and our teen drag scene. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. I'm gonna do that all over again. My breathing was weird. (laughs)